So cost segregation enabled you to take it on a five and 15 year cycle. In 2017, Trump introduced that you're able to take bonus depreciation, which allows you to take all five and 15 year property on year one. So if five and 15 year property makes up 20% of your purchase price, which a lot of times it does, you can get back on a million dollar purchase almost $200,000. Welcome back, everyone, to the Passive Road to Retirement podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we're joined by Isaac Weinberger. Isaac is a cost segregation expert working for Madison Specs, a national cost segregation firm. He has helped real estate professionals offset millions in tax liabilities. He also hosts Tuesday Connections, which is a weekly Zoom meeting with special guests and a great group of investors who attend. Isaac, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, Andrew, for hosting me. I appreciate this. Um, it's a great opportunity, and I can't wait to let everybody know um, all the nuances of cost segregation and how it can help you. Absolutely. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. So so I guess how maybe you could give us a little background on how you got into cost segregation. Absolutely. So it's interesting. I actually was like managing a clothing line before I came into Madison Specs. And then I, a lot of friends kept telling me, Isaac, you've got to get into the real estate world. And I wasn't sure exactly which space I wanted to pivot into. Um, I met with many, many people, many successful people. And a lot of them told me, hey, Isaac, maybe down the line, you'll start syndicating or doing those types of things. But right now, you'll be great in sales. I met with a couple of people. I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. The topic of cost segregation came up and I was, I was taken by it. I believe that you have to be passionate about what you're selling. And I love the idea. I came in. It, it, it gives me the opportunity to meet many, many real estate people from syndicators, to operators, LPs, all types of um, nursing home operators. So it's really everybody and unbelievable. That's, yes. that's, that's how I'm here. Absolutely. Well, you're definitely a connector. I know you've you know, connected me with people before in the past and you have a great, uh, great Rolodex. That's for sure. So Thank you. what kind of, I didn't know you were in uh, clothing sales before. What did you do? I was managing a, a clothing company, um, coming up with new ideas, marketing, um, some actual designs, which was pretty cool, but it was really long hours. Um, and the potential over there, even though I could have made a decent salary, um, was really capped out. So for yeah. two reasons, I wanted to come into real estate. First of all, the potential money-wise, but on top of that, it's just the passion that I've always had. And I mm -hmm. feel like I was missing something. Absolutely. Great. Great. I agree. I, I love real estate. You know, I've been doing this forever, so I uh, can't, can't complain. <clears throat> now, maybe you could explain how cost segregation works, you know, and maybe who it would benefit. Absolutely. So it's interesting. Before 2017, um, cost segregation was an effect, mm -hmm. but, and people did do cost segregation, but it wasn't as um, productive as it is now. And what changed from 2017 and on is like this. Before 2017, anytime you own a property, commercial um, or residential, you get depreciation, which mm -hmm. means anytime you own a property, you can get back almost your entire purchase price and tax write-offs. But there really are components of the property that allow, that technically are allowed to be taken at a faster cycle. But a regular accountant is not aware. He's aware, but he's not an engineer. So he can't actually go in and segregate those components. So he throws all three components of structure, land improvement, and um, five-year property, which is the tangibles, 
under the same exact category of 27 and a half or 39 year depreciation. Mm -hmm. So technically you're able to get your depreciation on a faster cycle and you're not getting it. So cost segregation enabled you to take it on a five and 15 year cycle. In 2017, Trump introduced that you're able to take bonus depreciation, which allows you to take all five and 15 year property on year one. So if five and 15 year property makes up 20% of your purchase price, which a lot of times it does, you can get back in a million dollar purchase, almost $200,000. The way I put it, um, I'll just say one more thing over here. The way I put it out to my clients is if I owed you $100, Andrew. What would you rather? Would you rather that $100 over 10 years, 10 bucks a year, or would you rather 100 bucks in year one? I oh, think everybody, one, yeah. exactly. So mm -hmm. the idea is just front-loaded depreciation, taking on a faster cycle. Yep. And um, now what, uh, now you, how does how does does somebody come out like an engineer comes out from your company right and I guess how does that work? Yeah, so great question. A lot of people ask me why can't we just guess and just assume that we can take X, Y, and Z and we can take this percentage. What we do is the engineer comes down to the property and he actually segs out every last light bulb. So if he sees carpet, flooring, light bulbs, door handles, whatever it could be, that could be taken at a faster cycle as opposed to if you just go ahead and pick a number you could be missing out on many percentage points of what technically you could get at an earlier stage. So we send out engineers to the property, they segregate it, we document it into a 90 page report. Sounds, mm -hmm. It sounds a bit big, but it's very, very precise. And um, it's a smooth process. We actually had feedback from accountants that said, hey, everything just works in sync. We send it over to your CPA. Um, he um, fixes it up according to your tax return. And then that's it. And everybody on the, let's say you syndicate a deal, all the investors on their um, K-1s will get back proportionately um, their portion of depreciation. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So GP and LP, both, both get the appreciation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll just stick in something interesting, Andrew, is that I've seen over the years um, when GPs go to investors, syndicators go to investors and say, hey, do you want to invest in my deal? A lot of times... Um, the investors want to know, hey, I want to know how much I'm going to get back in, in depreciation. Mm -hmm. It does change the dynamic multiple, multiple times I've seen this. Oh, yeah. It can really escalate your returns if you're getting that kind of depreciation back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, interesting. Now, who is there a certain property type that you think would benefit from this more? Is there a certain value or size? So that's, that's also a great question. Um, many people have the misconception that multifamily is the only property that costs like benefits. Mm -hmm. I want to tell the audience something astounding. Um, I'm going to go through the couple asset classes of how much percent you should expect. Single family houses, I would say you should expect anywhere from 15 to 20% of your purchase price in year one. Weir houses, I would say you can expect anywhere from 10 to 15, 16%. If it's, if the parking lot's a bit bigger, it could be a little bit more. Um, Office and retail, same idea, I would say around 15 to 17%. Multifamily could be anywhere from 17 to 26%. Wow. So multifamily is, is incredible, mm -hmm. but you got to wait for this, everybody. Mobile home parks could get anywhere from 30 to 65% of your purchase price in year one. There is a lot of five and 15-year property in mobile home parks, Wow. but there's the last asset class, which many investors and many real estate professionals do not know about, is car washes. Car washes can get you close to 90% on year one. So if you're getting hit with a, with a major tax bill, 
and you don't want to do multiple cost eggs, you could buy a car wash and take close to 90% of your purchase price in year one. So wow. just to make things clear, cost segregation is worth it to at least reach out to a cost segregation expert and find out how much will I benefit because almost every single asset class is applicable. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I did not know it was 90% on a car wash. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, it's really great. Uh, I guess what's the, what would be the cost of doing these studies? Um, you know, is there a, maybe a minimum purchase price somebody would want to consider, you know, to, to get the values? Yeah. So th these are all great points, um, um, Andrew, because a lot of times people say, oh, it's too small of a purchase price. So it's not worth it. I say anything 400,000 and above is worth it. There are certain situations if somebody has, let's say, 10 single family houses that he purchased for $200,000 a door, that we will do like a systematic study and we'll be able to like do three, four studies on all 10 houses and get it to him for $2,000 or $2,500 a property. There are certain cases we do do that, but usually I say generally it's 400,000 and above. Um, but we do, we do deals ranging from $400,000 houses to 200, $300 million properties. Mm -hmm. um, I actually just had the, the honor to do a, a big time deal, um, a, couple, a couple hundred million dollar properties. So it's, it's amazing. I get to speak to, from the small people to the big people, everybody in between. Mm -hmm. it's, it's unreal. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, speaking of, maybe you could give us some examples of deals you've seen where, you know, the amount of money people have saved and, and kind of how that was structured. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Somebody reached out to me last week and he said, hey, Isaac, I want to do a cost-ex study um, on my property that I'm about to do go under contract. So I said, his name was Ari. I was like, hey, Ari, I'd love to do the cost-ex for you, but you just told me two months ago when I called you up, you don't want to do cost-ex because you might be selling it. It's not part of your strategy for whatever it is, whatever reasons he had. He said, I have an investor who wants to put $500,000 into the deal. And he told me, Ari, I'm not going into the deal unless you do cost-ex. And the reason being is because he's putting $500,000 into the deal. And let's say he has a 25% stake in the property. He's going to get back X amount of dollars in depreciation. So it's only worth it for him to do that in order to get that back. I've been on many meetups where people have been talking about cost segregation. And um, one person specifically was talking about how the investors didn't get back what they were promised. And they said that they're not going to go into a deal in the future with this syndicator because the only reason why they went into the deal was to get back their depreciation. So sometimes people don't think there's such a big stress put on that depreciation, but there really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially for real estate professionals, because you can write that off, you know, completely. Sure. Now, are you familiar? I know, you know, you're not CPA or, or tax advice, but how does it work for somebody that has a W-2 job and they invest in something like that? It's a great question. I actually got off the phone a half hour ago um, with a relative of mine who is a big CPA um, in upstate New York. And the reason why I called him is prior to that, I was on the phone with a client um, who purchases four to five properties a year of north of $5 million. Hmm. And she told me that she can't do cost segregation because she's on W-2 income. So I'm trying to work out for her to file as a real estate professional. Now, even if somebody's on W-2 income, it's not a lost case. It's possible to still file as a real estate professional if you are spending um, 750 hours or more in real estate a year. Mm -hmm. So if you are spending, and accountants have to know this because accountants automatically, if their client is on W-2 income, most of the time, 
will not file their client as a real estate professional. Right. And their client could technically be gaining hundreds of thousands of dollars in liquid cash of not having to pay the IRS if they would do cost segregation. Mm-hmm. So people have to know, it's not simply put that if you're on W-2, you cannot file as a real estate professional. It's definitely worth it to speak to a CPA, speak to other CPAs and find out more because yep. it's a shame not to get the depreciation that you're deserving of. No, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Now, is there, would you say there's a minimum hold period somebody wants to hold the property if they're going to do, if they're going to do this or? So this is another great point. Um, I just want to say I've been on many podcasts and Andrew, you're really nailing the great points over here for the audience. And it's amazing. Um, Recapture is an extremely important note, um, extremely important point to note, um, because I tell clients all the time, if you're going to sell the property after a year or two, it's not worth it because you're just going to get hit in the face with uh, that big tax bill again. And you're paying for a study for just a year of having deferred income. Sometimes it's worth it on a very big purchase, but many times it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally tell prospects and clients, if you're going to hold on to the property for more than for three plus years, that it makes it very well worth it as it's an interest-free loan, time value money. But there's another added component over here that people have to know. If you're going to 1031 exchange your property, so if you're going to buy property, do a cost egg, and you're like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do a cost egg because I'm going to get hit with recapture. If you're going to 1031 it, you do not have to pay back recapture. So somebody whose hmm. strategy in real estate is 1031 in the properties all the time, you have nothing to worry about. Yep. Wow, that's great. Yeah. You can really offset your taxes on that strategy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredible. So there's a lot, a lot going on in real estate now. I'm sure you've seen a lot of deals coming through. You're probably looking at a lot of, a lot of cost segs. What, uh, what's the most exciting to you right now uh, in the cost segregation world? So I'll tell you like this. Um, what's so exciting about my job is, like I said before, I get to speak to people that are purchasing three, four single family homes, to people that are purchasing three, $400 million deals. And um Somebody like I who plans down the road to start syndicating some deals myself, to be able to meet all these people in the space and to learn and educate myself because every single situation is different and to learn different components of the game um, is tremendous. So I love learning about multifamily, industrial. A lot of people that are, in, that are syndicators, they focus on multifamily and that's what they know. But because I'm speaking to people that are own industrial, office buildings, retail, I get to meet people all over this, all over the space. For example, I'm going to the ICSE in Vegas later this month, and that's a retail um, and development conference. So I really get to meet people from, from like I said, all um, different points of in the space of real estate, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's really what it is. I'm, I'm definitely scared with what's going on um, with interest rates that people are going to slow down on buying, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Fed just raised it, what, you know, 50 basis points yesterday, but there is a, a definitely lack of supply out there. So we'll definitely see. a lack of supply. Definitely mm-hmm. a lack of supply. Now, speaking of, I mean, your net, like I always say, you know, your network is your net worth. So you've, you're definitely building up a great network and, I'm sure you'll uh, you know reap the fruits of that down the road. Absolutely. No, yeah, for sure, and that that's something that I I put a big um, stress on. That meeting new people on LinkedIn and going to conferences and hosting my meetup and giving back to my clients. It's the the most important. Not just taking their business, but trying to set them up with investors, with deals, 
equity partners, whatever it could be. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of your uh, your Tuesday connections, uh, how does somebody find that? How do they sign up to be on that Zoom, and what can they expect to see and learn? Absolutely. So, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn every single Tuesday morning, a couple hours before I post all about it. So, connect with me on LinkedIn, Isaac Weinberger. Um, it's a great meetup. Um, I'll tell you a couple points about it that I I really love. There's a lot of great meetups out there that I love and I, I enjoy going to as well. I try to keep it short to 35, 40 minutes. Sometimes the longer meetups get a, a drop too long, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we have a speaker for like 10 to 15 minutes every time. Um, every week it's a different speaker. Sometimes it's syndicators, sometimes it's um, brokers, but very successful people do come on to the show to speak. Um, and then we ask them questions afterwards. And we network and we talk to each other. Last week, for example, we tried something else. We did breakout rooms and everybody enjoyed it very much. So I think I'm going to be changing the dynamic a little bit to get a speaker for a few minutes and then the last 20, 30 minutes to breakout rooms. But I'll tell you like this, there were three deals already closed just from my just from my meetup. And I'm not talking about cost side deals. I'm talking about people co-GPing and people um, going ahead and finding deals through my meetup. So we have 15, 20 guests that come on attendees every single week. It's, it's probably my highlight of the week. And yeah, I'm excited for this Tuesday. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Also, I'm going to have to join. Uh, yes. Yes. We have to have you as a speaker. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Now I know, uh, you know, you've been, been in the industry here and I know you've done, you know, we spoke prior, you've done a few passive investments and this is the passive road to retirement. So how has your experience been passive income wise? You know, do you think, uh, it could be life-changing for you, you know, seeing, seeing the passive income just hit your, your account every month. And, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, so I would say actually from a passive income perspective, the first income, the first um, investment that I put money into, I actually lost everything. Um, I had a friend that was starting a fund investing in real estate and he was offering big numbers. I didn't really know what I was doing. He told me I'll get back X amount of dollars. And he actually um, lost many, many people's money. And that was a big lesson for me, just to be much more careful about it. So I went in on another deal, um, actually in Philly, and I'm able to go ahead and make some money on my principal every single month, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not money that's going to alter my life. It's not enough money to do that, but it's definitely a nice, um, nice bonus every single month. But eventually, I'm hoping when I do start syndicating deals a couple of years down the line, I'll just take it out and uh, throw it into uh, with all my heart into that deal. Sure. So um, we'll see what happens there. Absolutely. Now, if you don't mind sharing, maybe on that deal there, what, you know, maybe one or two things that you've learned to look for in the future, you know, based off that experience. Ab- absolutely. So I personally think um, syndicators and um, operators that offer crazy numbers right then and there is a red flag. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go with them. Obviously, do your due diligence and look into them. Maybe they have a specific structure of the deal that's going to allow them to give back those numbers. But that itself um, has to be a red flag. Um, He was very young. He didn't have any deals under his belt. Um, I believe you have to go with somebody just like you that's done multiple deals in the past. They know what they're doing. They have sponsors that endorse them. They're not just a random Joe off the street that just they put together put together something. Um, obviously, um, you should run and buy a couple people. I didn't run this by anybody. I just did it without thinking. Run and buy a couple of um, serious people who know what they're talking about. Just say, hey, does this make sense? Um, does this look right? Um, but to be honest, 
I'm not happy I lost that money, but it was a, it was a very big lesson for me in life just to take a back seat and not be impulsive. Yes. So I definitely was able to, it was an expensive lesson to buy, mm-hmm. but it was a great lesson that I got out of it. Yep. Yeah, I had something similar happen to me in my early 20s, and I'm glad it happened in my my early 20s, you know, rather than later in life. And it's definitely the the losses of money that teach you the most, I think. You know, you don't forget those. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Now, do you have any uh, daily habits that you do that, you know, help you, you know, become successful? You know, meditation, working out, anything like that? Oh, so, yeah, that's a great question. It's very interesting that you ask. Um some people, I don't think we're born hustlers. I think that some people just have a, a crazy work ethic. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. When I was like uh, much younger, 11, 12 years old, I used to mow lawns. Um, we used to make a lot of money. Me and my brother, we started a whole business. That's awesome. Then um, when I was in school, I used to give uh, many haircuts to all my friends. I used to make a lot of money that way. Nice. Um, I used to tutor kids. I, was always, I always had that hustler mentality of like a go-getter mentality in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so... When I wake up in the morning, obviously I have to focus and realize the most important thing in life is my family and becoming a better person. I can't get too wrapped up in the business world and let let me take that over. We worked. We don't. We, we don't. We don't. We don't live to work. We work to live. So therefore, I want to enjoy my family. In the beginning, when I started, I was very, very um, busy with my phone and business. But now, obviously, work is very important and clients are very important. But there's family time. There's work time. I love to play basketball. I love to hang out with my friends, make some barbecues on Sundays. So it definitely, you definitely have to have that right balance. But yeah. life is great. We have to keep the focus. Exactly. Exactly. Can't take it with you, right? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Balance it out. Now, if you could, uh, you could have the audience with one takeaway from this episode. What would you want them to absorb from this? So. What I would say is, first of all, on a, on a practical level through COSEG, what I would say is if you own any investment property or you're an LP in a deal, find out if your syndicator did COSEG. Find out um, if it's worth it to do COSEG. It's not going to hurt. It's a phone call away, either me or somebody else. Um, it's usually free for a complimentary proposal. That's in terms of real estate. But also, like I said before, in terms of everything else, um, it's really important to, I, we didn't talk about this so much, but what I saw that my success um, really came from is honesty and, and, and authenticity, is really going ahead and being there for my clients, yeah. trying to help them out without getting paid for it. I, I, I spend hours on the phone with clients, being there for them, helping them with management companies, investors, um, different deals that I'm not getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Um but the idea is the more you give, the more, the more, the more you give, the more you get. There's nothing to talk about being authentic, being honest, but I'm um, staying true to yourself. Yep. There's going to be rejection sometimes, but you know what you're worth and just keep going. Love it. Love it. That's great advice. Which brings me to my last question. Then we'll get into our, our five to thrive section. Uh, so if you could step in my shoes for the interview, is there anything you would ask yourself that I didn't ask you? I like that question. <laughs> I like the question. Thank you. So technically, what I would have asked was Isaac, what makes you different? What makes your company special um, um, more than other cost firms? But I, I definitely did uh, rave about myself a little bit about the fact <laughs> that I'm there for my clients. But but just to just to point out again is that I don't ever bash any other companies. 
I don't put down other companies. I think that's the wrong way. I think there's great companies out there. There's great cost set companies out there. But what I will tell you is that Madison Specs and me specifically, I know this about myself, that we will go above and beyond for a client. We don't view a client as a customer. We view a client as a relationship. We host a, um, a big conference in Florida every year. We invite our um, clients there to meet other investors, other like-minded investors. We all, all the time, all the time, I've seen it from, from colleagues of mine going out of the way and delivering gifts to clients just out of the blue, just to show, hey, we didn't forget about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, to be honest, I've, I had a client that actually um, was supposed to come to me for business. And he ended up, it was in a, in a pretty rude way, he left. And mm-hmm. obviously I was a little, a little hurt about it, but I decided, you know what? Um, you know what? First of all, everything's from God. But on top of that, um, you never know. If I just get upset at him, he'll never come back. I went down to him. I spoke to him. I, I bought him a bottle of wine. And he said, you know what, Isaac? This is really special. He said, let's talk again on the next property. And I could have got, I could have got upset, but instead I went over it and dealt with it in a mature way. And now I'll make more business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, yeah. Good lesson. Yeah, exactly. Now, how can people reach out to you and get in contact with you? What's the best way? So absolutely. The, the platform that I'm the most active on is on LinkedIn. So Isaac Weinberger, send me a, a connection request. I definitely will uh, accept it. Um, you DM me on LinkedIn. My my info is on my LinkedIn profile. Um, I think my number and my email address. I'd love to talk to anybody about Cossack or just real estate in general, or if you just like to say hi. Yep. Um, and I'll definitely walk you through the process. Awesome. Sounds good. So now we get to our, our five to thrive. So this is basically just a word association game. So I'm just going to rattle off five words, you know, right in order. And just give me the first word or phrase that pops into your head. The only caveat is you cannot repeat the same answer. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. This is a fun section. People usually like this. So first one is depreciation. I'm supposed to go ahead. Just remind me, I'm supposed to go ahead and say a word for it. Yeah. Whatever pops into your head. First thing, when you think of depreciation. Cost segregation. (laughs) (laughs) Tax deduction. Properties. Yeah. Tax deduction. Uh Uh, Real estate. Um, Multifamily. (laughs) (laughs) Passive income. Uh, not good on the spot. <laughs> passive, passive income. Um, multifamily would be the answer, topic. but you can't reuse it, right? <laughs> you want me to use business terms or like funny terms? Oh, anything, anything that comes in your head. Passive income brings me to think about um, vacation because I could go ahead and enjoy now. Exactly, that's right, man. <laughs> that's what it's about. <laughs> And last one is Madison Specs. Integrity and honesty and client relationships. I like it. <laughs> uh, this well, is, I, you put me on the spot, Jared. I know, I know, right? <laughs> Andrew, right. Well, Isaac, man, it's been a pleasure having you on. You know, thanks so much for being here and great, great value in this episode. That's this, sure. this was amazing. I really, really appreciate this. Um, it was, this was awesome. Great. Thank you so much.